horse right here, the name is Paul Revere, and here's a guy that says if the weather is clear, can do, can do. This is Bill Duncliffe. I want to welcome you back to another edition of the Can Do Horse Racing Podcast, where the heroes in history of horse racing come alive, part of the In The Money Media Network. Just the other day, we kicked off our Beyond the Backstretch series with trainer Tom Morley joining us for an interview discussing the importance to our sport of the team members on the backstretch and highlighting the lives they lead that are so often out of our vision. As I think we've made clear, the goal of this particular series is to make their lives their loves, their laughs, their dreams, and their hopes real to us, to bring them out of the shadows so that we can recognize them not just for the significant contributions they make to our sport and for the passion and commitment they bring to an often dangerous undertaking, but to underscore the fact that those loves, laughs, dreams, and hopes comprise the essential humanity they share with all of us. Backstretch Employee Service Team Executive Director Paul Ruchames suggested we kick off the series by talking with Francisco Barrera. Francisco and I were able to connect on a late Wednesday afternoon, long after the sun had set late in November. As I think back on our conversation, I'm amazed that Francisco had the time to be able to talk. Yes, I want to introduce myself. My name is Francisco Barrera. I came to the States in 2006, December, but before that, I started to ride horses in the races back in my native country, which is Peru, mm-hmm. in 1992. I started in the yoga school back in my country in 1989, so I have several, almost 33, 32 years riding race horses. Mm-hmm. I started as a jockey in Peru, the apprentice is not like here. You have one year to be an apprentice rider here in the States, but in my country, you have to win 51 races to become a professional rider. So I did it in less than six months. Wow. You know, okay. I, I, I did I did good in my beginning, so I started riding back in Peru. I always have problems with my weight. I'm five six tall. Okay. But I'm, what's up? A challenge for me, keep my weight, you know, because with tears it's, it's more difficult to do it. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm been riding for almost 17 years in my country. I rode some horses in, in Ecuador too, Peru. I went in Europe just as a exercise rider and I came to America in 2006. Um, for ride to, I was, I was, I has been hired for Mr. John Kimo. Okay. So I started riding horses for him, then I jumped to work for Mr. Billy Matt, and then I go to to Ohio, Fifth and Down, to start to try to you know, to, to win some races in America before I'm retired as a jockey and start as a exercise mm-hmm. rider. So I just rode for three months back in in Ohio and won eighteen races. And I say, okay, it's it's okay, it's done for me because uh, I have some problems with my weight. I'm start to to being an exercise rider for different trainers, you know, in New York especially. As one who, other than a brief sojourn in the Midwest, has spent his entire life in the Northeast, I can only imagine how difficult it must be to pick up and move yourself to an entirely different part of the world, one where you are nearly a stranger, a land whose language is foreign to you as well, and whose ways and cultural customs can at times be quite mysterious. Yet listen to the deep meaning you can feel as Francisco talks about love and dreams. Even as he's faced those challenges, 
as well as tragedy along the way, he is powered daily by that love and those dreams. Francisco, what made you decide to, you know, you obviously, you had a successful career um, in Peru. I think, um, you know, maybe when we talked before, you um, won like 1,500 races, so not insignificant. What made you decide to leave Peru? Actually, what my dream were with uh, was a child was to ride the, the best horses in the world. That means America, you know. Uh, growing up watching the the big riders, the big names in in this country. So all my my dreams always been come to America as a rider. You know, we have uh, mentors like uh, Edgar Prado, mm. Julio Pessoa. You know, I, I want I want to be like them. You know. Okay. You know, this is one of part of my of my dream. You know. Yeah. So I don't have the opportunity until 2006. My brother, he used to be an SSS writer for John Kimmel, so he was the connection between the trainer and me. Okay. And he being my first sponsor to come to America. Okay. So you you had family here already. Did you did you leave family behind when you left? Yeah. You did, yeah, right? My, my mother, my brother, I have family back in Peru. Actually, all my family. Um, I lost my brother last year by COVID-19. Oh, he was 44 oh, years oh. old. We, we used to ride together for chemo for several years. Uh, it was a very hard year for me because he was mm. not just my brother. No, We love the same thing. We ride horses together. Breathe a horse with your brother is, is amazing. Oh, riding the race against him. It's an amazing experience, you know, video brother or a bit by him. It's part of the life. I put my, myself together and I have to keep going. My brother, he is because him, I'm here in America, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's who helped me to, to come here, you know. So yeah. I'm very grateful. All, 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 all I have now is because he gave me the opportunity to come to this amazing country to ride it. Beautiful and very good horses, you know, along my, my career. I already have 14 years here. Yeah. So yeah. I've been riding for big, big trainers, you know, and, and I learn always from every each of one of them. The workday starts early for Francisco and his fellow backstretch corps. And it's a busy day, of course, hundreds of horses requiring exercise, care, purposeful exercise, thoughtful care, with a healthy dose of analysis mixed in as well. I'm reminded of a quote I once heard from now deceased Sam Weish, one-time coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. To treat everyone the same, he said, you have to treat everyone different. So when a Tom Morley says to you, make this horse a racehorse, there's no simple cut and dried recipe. My regular day is I woke up around 4.30 in the morning to try to get the race track at 5 a.m. I have to set my saddles and my horses, well, see my set leaves. I have to follow instructions, you know. The trainers have a plan because they think in the race. So they told me some days I have to jog horses, sometimes I have to breathe horses, sometimes I have to just gallop horse. Or, you know, I have to every day. Um, my job actually is the... Uh, Tom Morley has a word for that. He always told me, make this horse a racehorse, you know, make him better, you know? Okay. And this is basically my job, you know, trying horses, if I feel something, you know, some problem, some pain, I have to tell, tell to the to my trainer to prevent anything. So my regular day, I have to ride 
six, seven horses a day. And sometimes when one of my co-workers, I don't know, for any reason, accident or sick, he don't show up, I have to get more horses. Sometimes mm-hmm. I have to be in 11 or 12 horses, but it's part of my duties, you know. Not much people can say, I get paid to do the things that I love. You have to be alert and watch all the sides because you don't know what's going to happen. The horse just... The horses are so fast. They have a very fast reaction, you know. He hears some noise. He can jump or rear up or do something, you know. So my 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 duty is take care of him, you know, to make the horse safe and me and myself safety too. So in the racetrack, actually now in New York they are making work in the main track. So we just have a one small track, the training track is just one, one a mile, so oh, all right. the trainers together. That yeah. is, it's a funny thing, sometimes it's a funny thing, but it's kind of dangerous too, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, that's right, mm-hmm. so with all the work being done, that's right. After that. the break, Bill, uh, 7.45, you have maybe 300 horses at the same time, and 100 of them going to breathe, so it's, mm. it's, it's, it's busy, it's busy. The people in the back stretch, that means uh, hot walkers, grooms, and the riders. We work seven days a week, whole year round, no matter how the weather is outside. Yep. So you have to love what you do to, to take this kind of job, you know? You would think after a day starting so early, filled with so much to do, that Francisco would just want to head back home and put his feet up. I know that's what I would want to do. Instead, it seems as if he's just starting his day when that work is done. Paul James, he's a, uh, he, he is a manager of the backstretch employee service team, that, which means uh, best. So mm-hmm. I'm being part of the ESL program. ESL means English as a second language. He sees something special on me as he invited me to be part of the team. So I'm assistant to the English teacher and I'm peer advocate recovery coach. It's some kind of therapist. So um, I'm like a bridge between the best and the backstretch people. So my okay. job is help people with the, with English, even if I don't speak very well, as you see. So You do very well, um, like I said. Your English is way better um, than my Spanish, so don't apologize. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Yeah. So I help with the with the therapy when the people need to go to the to the maybe doctor's appointment. I go with them. Mm-hmm. I help with them to 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 translate with the doctor said and the Michael worker. I know I, I do a lot of things. You know, we have a programs like a bistro in the weekends, Saturday and Sunday. We have people to put some movies in English. Um, just, I, I have to be there to listen to the people who need somebody to, to talk, you know, somebody can listen to them, you know. This is my way to, to pay back the, all the things New York Racing Association do it for me, you know. I have to, to help my coworkers because it's not easy to, to be part of the different culture, you know, language. So I'm there to, this, this is my extra, I, I can't call, call that a job because I don't do that for for job. If I do that because I think we need to improve or um, the the language when they need to be a citizen program to be to become a citizen and help them with this thing. You know, I do a lot of things with in in life. 
and then with the backstretch people too. The backstretch life is in many ways not an easy one, as you've heard. It's not at all uncommon for those who struggle with the life, the loneliness, the distance from home and family to reach out to familiar crutches for sustenance, for relief. As someone who has seen people he loves struggle with alcohol addiction, I can appreciate how much love and patience matched with firmness and guidance is needed to help those struggling with foes who come in insidious forms, such as drugs and alcohol. Anyone who dedicates themselves to helping those in the throes of those addictions is, for my money, a guardian angel. This is a problem here. Um, for me, man, as I see as a part of the backstretch, is the loneliness. You, The people are alone on the racetrack. They have family behind. It's like me. When I lost my brother, I, wa I went in Peru when that happened with my brother. But mm -hmm. I see some people lost, lost the family, um, or, and they have the working visa expire. So you have to take a decision or go to share your pain with your family or stay here and still provide them, you know? Mm -hmm. So it, it is hard. And sometimes the people, you know, their loneliness, depression, they, they use drugs or alcohol. But um, my work here is to to help these people. Actually, in this time, I have a lot of people uh, in recovering. Mm -hmm. I help with the therapies. Um, I'm proud of because I see a lot of a lot, a lot of people, you know, not drink anymore and and don't use drugs anymore because uh, the program helped them. You know, sometimes the people yeah. come to the ESL program just to to be part of something, you know, or the visitor program just to to talk and have a good time with with no alcohol and and drugs, you know. Mm. So this is part part of my, of the of my duties. In this in this moment, but I have no time. Sometimes I have I have called four o'clock in the morning because somebody feel bad, you know, crying in depression. So I go there because um, the problem is they speak Spanish, so they need somebody who can speak Spanish right. and can you know you know and they look at me um, like a part of them because I'm a part of the baggage stretch too, you know. Yeah, it's not easy really. Sometimes uh, some people say I don't want to talk nobody else than Francisco. So I have to to be there for, for them, you know. Mm -hmm. It is not easy, and it's not easy either. We have to let their problems and not carry with this problem to my house because I have my family too, you know. Mm -hmm. but, right. But was my my choice my choice, you know, and take a decision to to do something for my community, you know, something. But I think it's important. Of course, when one is able to shepherd victims of addiction to a successful outcome, it must be a heartwarming feeling. Equally as heartwarming, I'm sure, is knowing that you've helped someone successfully navigate the difficult path to citizenship in this country. As I said to Francisco, I think the average person born in America is probably highly unlikely to be able to pass the citizenship test. Hey, no, it's uh, a hundred uh, questions in the, in the test, you know. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's a, a thing where I, I, I know all the questions about my country. If I've been in Peru, I know the question because I have been learning this in the school, you know, in the elementary school, basically, no? Yep. The Independence Day, the name of the president. You know, look look easy if you grown up here, you know? Mm -hmm. But so for foreign people as me, it's, it's, not, it's not that easy. It's like learn from the beginning the history of a different country. You know, but the people I was I'm being help these people 
those people with with this in at least two years um I have maybe eight or seven new new Americans oh that's fantastic that's so great. uh i'm I'm very happy I'm very happy because i you see you know when the when you 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 see when the people want have to be better you know improve mm-hmm. be part of the community and be part of the culture learn of being a better person so this this is a big motivation to to speak, to help them you know jasmines en el pelo y rosas en la cara hay rosa caminando la I'm enormously grateful to Francisco for sharing his story with me, and more importantly, for sharing his time and treasure with his colleagues. I'm especially mindful of those gifts in this time of giving and giving thanks, and I hope you are too. We'll be back next month to share another story that takes us beyond the backstretch. I wish you and yours the happiest and healthiest holidays. As we always say here, may good health and happiness and gratitude for both be yours, for you and your loved ones, today and always. I got the horse. Run!